Hello, Girl Scouts, and welcome to episode five of the All Things Girl Scouts podcast. This is your hostess, Stacy, and today we are talking all about campfires, fire building, cooking over the fire, and fire safety. I'm so excited. Before we jump into the information that I've prepared for you today, I just want to again take a moment to wish you a happy Volunteer Appreciation Month in April. We're coming down to our final days, and I hope that you've had tons of opportunities to celebrate and be celebrated and feel appreciated by the girls in your troop and your Girl Scout community or your community at large. So I hope you're having a fabulous April, and thank you, thank you so much for everything that you do to make Girl Scouts possible within your community and our movement. All right, let's jump in and talk about campfires and cookouts. Building fires and cooking over them is one of the most exciting parts of any outdoor outing. In this episode, we'll be covering safety practices for fires, fire building basics, and suggested caper rolls for a cookout. Go to our website to get our free resource. It's instructions for building an edible campfire, which we'll talk about a little bit later as well. You can find that at allthingsgirlscouts.com. Remember, your council might require training in the outdoors before you take girls camping or do any type of fire building activities. So contact your council or check their safety activity checkpoints probably on the website to be sure you're following their specific guidelines for your council. First up, safety practices. As they say, safety first. It's important to go over the safety rules for the campfire area before you begin building the fire. You can ask the girls the rules that they already know or could think of, and they will have a lot of good ideas. They'll cover most of the bases if you can get them going. Then add in what they might have missed, but be sure to enforce these rules for everyone at your fire, including the adults. You might want to remind the adults ahead of time that they need to follow the rules and be good role models and help keep an eye out to make sure that the girls are following all the rules as well. Here are some safety practices that you'll want to cover before you start the fire. Have a water bucket and have it full of water and near the fire so it's ready if any little sparks might get out of control. Only build the fire in the designated area like a fire ring or a fire scar. Check the weather. If conditions are very windy or super dry, maybe think twice about building your fire this time. You can also check with the local fire department for the, the specific danger level based on what the weather has been recently and the wind conditions at the moment and follow any guidelines that they would recommend. Be sure that the wood pile is not too close or downwind of any sparks that might come from the fire. And this includes any wood that the girls might collect and you pile up as sort of a temporary wood pile. Have the girls and adults check their clothing. The strings that hang from the hoods of sweatshirts are a really common thing to catch and tuck inside. Or if they have a dangly name tag or necklace, that should be removed or tucked inside their shirt as well. And remember that nylon windbreakers, raincoats, and rain ponchos can melt if they come too close to the fire or if stray sparks come their way. So be aware if that might pose any danger. Make sure that all hair is tied back in a ponytail, braid, or bun. And it's a really good idea to purchase a jumbo pack of hair ties, even if you get it from the dollar store, and keep that in your fire building or camping supplies so that you have extras if any of the girls need one. Have a safety circle 
around the fire circle. So it's kind of a, a, two side, a two circle system. And this is your safety circle is a clear area around the fire ring. And everyone knows that you should only be in that circle if you have permission. And the people that would have permission are those that are working on building the fire or tending to the fire, or if they're in there in close proximity to cook their food. But if girls are waiting their turn or they're eating their meal, then they should be outside the safety circle. This prevents crowding around the fire, makes it easier to supervise everything that's going on, and make sure that girls aren't um, tripping over each other or running into each other near the fire, which could be a hazard. Now, when you're ready to start the fire and when it's burning, here are a few things to remember. First, Adults and girls should both be sure to strike a match away from themselves instead of toward themselves. Girls might not be familiar with matches or have a lot of practice, so you'll probably need to remind them regularly about this. Don't reach, walk, or jump over the fire, which seems obvious, but if we're just getting started with a very small fire, it's something that could lapse in our judgment a little bit, so be sure to not reach, walk, or jump over the fire. Use pot holders if you're moving things around in or near the fire. There should be no horseplay, messing around, pushing each other for the girls around the fire or for adults either for that matter. Don't put any garbage into the fire. Only enter the fire circle when you have permission. And that's a good rule for both girls and adults as well, just to make sure we don't have too many people crowding around. And never leave the fire unattended. While you might have girls who are responsible for tending the fire, an adult should always be present as well. So make sure you've got girls responsible for this as well as an adult for oversight who's there at all times. Now when it's time to extinguish the fire or put it out, our tip is to take your water bucket and use your hands to make like a little cup or just the tips of your fingers to lightly sprinkle water from your hands over the fire. Because if you just pick up the, the bucket and dump the whole thing in, a lot of steam and smoke can come up really fast and that could be um, dangerous to be coming into your face, either into your eyes or breathing it in, or even the heat is bad for your skin and could possibly burn you. So we don't, we want to avoid dumping the whole bucket in, but instead just sprinkle with our hands to make sure we can spread that water out all across the entire fire and all of the coals and make sure that we get it out completely. Other things to remind girls about is what to do if an item of their clothing does catch on fire or a spark finds them. They've probably learned in school or in their community to stop, drop, and roll, so you can give them that quick reminder, although it might come in when you ask them for their ideas for what the rules are. And if they get injured in any way, even like a tiny small burn, if they touch a stick that was hot that they didn't know, they should let an adult know right away so that you can attend to it. Now this is a lot that we just covered. It might seem like a lot of reminders, but remember, you'll take it section by section. Before you start the fire, while you're starting the fire, while the fire is burning, when you're putting out the fire, and as girls practice and learn, this will become natural for them. They're actually pretty easy and common sense guidelines, but girls will just need some reminders the first couple times that they're getting used to the system. 
Now on to some fire building basics. If you're teaching fire building basics, a fun way to start is with an edible campfire. And that is a pretend fire made out of food. Who invented this? It's a fantastic idea. So you can go to allthingsgirlscouts.com right now and download our instructions on how to build an A-frame fire out of food and then eat it, of course. We cover how to build the fire, list food suggestions for each piece of the fire so that you can adjust it to your girls' tastes and food restrictions, and explain what to talk about with your girls at each step. This activity is fun to do at a troop meeting in preparation for your campout or on the campout as a snack before you make the real fire, or both because it's super fun. <laughs> There are tons of types of different fires. My favorite is the A-frame. That's what we've included in your edible campfire instructions, and that's a very popular fire within Girl Scouting, so it's what you'll see often. This means that the logs in the fire are shaped like an A. This style is the um, a really popular one, and then there's also a log cabin style where logs are placed in a square. Those are the two most common types of fire to cook over. Now a teepee fire where the logs are propped up in kind of a tent shape uh, um, that make a triangle standing up on end, those are better for light. So if you're doing an evening ceremony and you want to try that, go for it. There are many other types as well. So if your girls are looking for more advanced options, have them do a little bit of research and try out something new. All these styles use only three types of wood. Tinder, kindling and fuel. So let's talk about each one. Tinder is tiny and that's how we remember which one is which, tiny tinder. This is the little stuff that we actually light on fire when we're getting the campfire started. This can be wood shavings. If you have cattails in your area, the fluff off of a cattail plant is um, really good as well. Birch bark or tiny, tiny twigs. And um, you'd want them to be skinnier than the size of your pinky finger. So you can have girls look for tiny twigs that are skinnier than the size of their pinky finger. Now, if it's been raining a lot lately and it's damp outside, if the girls are looking for tinder around the area, you might suggest that they look under picnic tables, under platform tents, or um, underneath any kind of awning that might come off of a shelter up next to a shelter because those are more likely to be dry and have not been rained on for whatever period of time it's been raining. So looking for dry ones are the best kind. Now kindling is the middle size sticks. This is what feeds the fire from the tiny tinder that's easy to light and get started. And then the tinder lights the kindling and then the kindling will light the larger logs. Okay, makes sense so far, it's like a progression. So the kindling should not be longer than your forearm and the diameter should be between your fingers and your wrist. And when you're breaking branches down to usable sizes, um, remind girls to just watch out for the other girls around them so things aren't flying or they're poking each other or whatever's happening. So they might need to break some of those down, but looking for that kind of middle size out in the forest is a good task for the girls as well. And then fuel are your logs that you would use and, and put into your A-frame. These are large pieces of wood and they're as thick as your wrist or larger. And this is what keeps your fire going and builds that heat for you to cook on. When you ask girls to collect these different types of supplies, here's the rule to follow. It should be dead, down, and dry. 
The branch should be dead. It should not be connected to a standing tree or a bush. So we don't want to be ripping anything down from the trees. They should be finding it down on the ground. And ideally, it should be dry so that it's easier to catch fire. Once the wood is collected, you can start assembling the fire, or rather, your girls can. Place the logs in an A shape so they're overlapping each other. Add tinder under the A and a mix of tinder, and your smaller kindling can go on top of the A. Light and continue to feed the fire as needed. Many new fire builders stuff their fire full of sticks and leaves and all kinds of things, but fire needs air circulation to keep going. So packing it too full can actually be a problem. You can always add more later, but it's really a pain to try to unpack and remove things from the fire after you've tried to light it. Tending a fire can take practice for you and the girls, so be sure to give yourself extra time in the schedule in case it takes a few tries, and feel free to pack along some fire starters, which can help make it easier and boost your self-confidence until you feel more comfortable. So you can um, Google how to start a, um, or how to create a fire starter, or you can um, also purchase store-bought ones if you'd like. When it comes to actually starting the fire, even if you have a few girls lighting different parts of it, not everyone is going to be able to strike a match. But remember, we want to keep our Girl Scout activities hands-on with that learning by doing Girl Scout process. So unless you have a lot of campfires coming up along the way and you're going to keep track of how many girls have been the fire starter for each one, I recommend that girls who didn't get a chance to light the actual fire still get a chance to practice striking a match. It's really fun. It's good practice of the skill, and then they'll be prepared when it's their turn to light the actual fire. The best way to do this is to have girls kneel down next to the water bucket and strike the match away from themselves Hold on to it for a moment to let it catch fire and watch it burn for just a second before it gets down to their fingers and then calmly set it into the water bucket. This is also really good practice for how to just be calm in the process. The first time girls do it, they get a little freaked out by that flame and might throw it down. And so the safety of that is wanting to move very slowly and with practice, they'll be more comfortable. Of course, you need an adult who's going to be right next to her and oversee this process and talk the girls through it. So as you are working with fire builders or fire um, starters to get things going, you might have another adult then with the other girls practicing their match lighting. Next, we'll be covering different capers or chores the girls can assist with when cooking outdoors. All Things Girl Scouts is sponsored by Stacy Simpson Consulting. Did you know that we do more than podcasting? We also host Adventure Camp Overnight at YMCA Camp Greenville in the Blue Ridge Mountains of the Carolinas for juniors and cadets with their adult volunteers. Registration is now open for our fall session in November. Join us for zip lining, waterfall viewing, hiking, and more. You won't want to miss this. Visit AdventureCampOvernight.com to learn more. If you have a big troop and a big campout coming up, you might want to consider capers or chores specifically for meal cookouts. I recommend four groups, fire builders, cooks, hostesses, and the cleanup group. Each meal, you can rotate which girls are in which group. So what does each group do? 
First, the fire builders. They clear the fire circle and the safety circle of any debris or um, extra things that are around. They fill up the buckets of water. They collect tinder, kindling, and fuel, build and tend the fire, and then put out the fire at the end when everything's finished. Cooks will prepare the food. If you're making chili in a pot over the fire, they'll put the ingredients together, put it on the fire once the fire builders give them the okay, tend the food as it's cooking, and then bring it back to a picnic table for serving. If the meal is cook your own style, like a pizza pudgy pie or a hot dog, they will set up all the supplies for people to get their ingredients before they cook it themselves. Cooks also assemble and put out any other foods for serving like carrots, juice, or water if you have side dishes or beverages or a dessert. When the meal is over, the cooks clean up the food that is out and help pack everything away. Hostesses are next. This group is most helpful when you have a lot of girls. If you have a smaller group, their duties can be passed on to the other groups and then you'll just have three. But if you have a lot of girls and you have the hostess group, they will set up the eating area. They might put out a tablecloth or make a centerpiece, um, a lovely centerpiece out of different nature materials that they find. They'll set up a hand washing station and they will select and lead a grace or any other mealtime traditions that you might use in your troop. And then the cleanup crew, really important. This is often not the girl's favorite team, but it comes with a big perk. I like to let the cleanup crew eat first. They have the front of the line status because then that means that they're finished eating and ready to be cleaning up at the end. The cleanup group will set up a garbage can, set up the dishwashing station, wipe down the tables, wash all the communal dishes. Each girl washes her own plate, but the cleaning crew washes pots, pans, and any serving utensils. And they take trash to the dumpster or designated area at the end of the meal. So those are your four caper groups, your fire builders, your cooks, your hostesses, and your cleanup crew. So I have shared a lot of details with you today. Hopefully, even if you are experienced in fire building, you still gained one or two tips or tricks for how to do this activity with your girls in your troop. And if you're brand new, I hope this gives you a bit of a roadmap for how to get started with fire building on your next Girl Scout outdoor outing. Of course, remember that you can find our free downloadable resource on the website, allthingsgirlscouts.com. That will be your guide to doing the edible fire activity with your girls. Thank you all for joining me today and thank you for everything that you do for girls. I'm so happy that it's springtime and we're rolling into summer. So happy camping. See you later.